0: This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to zencaster.com and use coupon code thatentertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. This is the
1: Bass Entertainment Podcast.
2: Awesome. Awesome. That was awesome. You guys are awesome. No. You're awesome. You are awesome. Sir, you are awesome. Seriously. Awesome. 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 Everything is awesome.
0: Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And it feels like I haven't said that in quite some time, Uh, and that's because uh, last week for part one of our discussion with the other Everything Is Awesome podcast, I let them intro the show. Uh, so we are continuing our show this week with uh, part two of my conversation with Jeff and Casey Chaos from the Other Everything Is Awesome podcast. But before we get there, I just want to say thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Uh, without your support, we wouldn't be able to do a lot of the things that we do. Uh, if you like early access, Patreon exclusive, like Everything is Awesome's Building a Better Kev series, Victims and Villains' Daria Recap series, and more, head on over to patreon.com slash thatentertains. For about the cost of one cup of coffee a month, you can get these subscription benefits and more. If you're looking for a non-monetary way to help support this show, five-star iTunes rating and reviews helps, and of course, word-of-mouth recommendations helps spread the good word of Everything is Awesome. As I said, this is part two of my conversation with the Everything is Awesome with Jeff and Casey podcast. Uh, we're finishing our discussion, uh, and we bleed into a, a version of their show that they normally do. I am so, so excited that we sat down and made this crossover happen. Um it's it's been a, a, a weird kind of thing existing in a world where there's another podcast called Everything Is Awesome. Uh and and now that we've we've crossed over, we've we've uh we've had the multiverse clash. It's been such a fun ride. So let's finish that conversation up right now here on awesomepodcast.com. and of course on the That's Entertainment Podcast Network on that entertains.com slash network. Yeah, so streaming. Um uh, yeah we were so with the stab cast we were getting some decent numbers uh the best numbers I ever had and this will uh probably lead into a conversation of some sort um I used to uh, this is actually one of the the shows that that, that there's controversy behind for many different reasons but uh, I used to do a show called it's currently called the Zomcast but at, at in the beginning it was called the Walking Dead Zomcast and it was uh, a recap show for uh The Walking Dead Starting, we started it in season one, with episode one. It was around before the Talking Dead. In fact, the reason I didn't call it the Talking Dead was because there was a podcast already called the Talking Dead. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, but but we when we were doing that show, we we started streaming it live, and Stickam contacted me about that one, and we're like, "Hey, we want to try to make you like." And this was probably in season two of The Walking Dead. We like we want to make you guys like the online version of AMC's Talking Dead. And we were like, great, let's do it. So like we were getting uh, 10,000 views, total views within the hour. Uh, And then consistently, we probably had like over a thousand people in the chat room um so it was that was by far the most popular show i did when it came to live streaming um our downloads were were crap we no one downloaded that show but but
2: everyone watched it live. isn't that isn't that the weird dichotomy between like often what is really exciting live is lacking something in terms of like archivability it's like it's like a weird inverse relation between like the heat of the moment and like, like some of my favorite shows that talk about other shows, like, like uh, decoding Westworld, for example, if they wait till Wednesday to put out the show, it's usually way better than if they put it out, like right after there's something about yeah, that, yeah. that time sitting with the material, it seems like makes it uh meteor.
0: I yeah, think. no, I, I agree. Um, and, and it's, um, uh, it's, that I, mean don't, I don't why think...
2: pod, podcast conventions don't always, uh, well, for example, one year LA Podfest, a couple of years, they streamed the shows and let you like watch them later. And then they stopped doing that. I wonder if it's cause they just, people aren't watching them later.
0: I I don't know, because um, because with the Philly Podcast Fest we don't there, even this year I think it was the first year they're we didn't streaming. stream at least through an audio format, um, we we did the year the at least the two previous years that I was involved, uh, we did did uh, audio streaming and it, and it's something I suggested was like hey why don't we video stream this stuff for people that can't make it out um and, and there's just some logistics because there's so many different venues and 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 whatnot that to, to make it happen for at least for at least oh, for us okay um, yeah because yeah, i'm sure it's a
2: technical nightmare not to mention there's like licensing issues with music like it's a whole yeah yeah a yeah exactly whoever um, cracks that code will probably make a little coin
0: yeah i think i mean and, and i think there's still like a strong presence for live streaming a podcast i think it's just shifted um obviously facebook seems to be like the one of the places to do it and i think twitch is the place to do it as well Mm -hmm. but but twitch you know it's a very you know it seems like it has to have some sort of gaming theme with it i don't think like i don't know that i could go and do my show streaming it on on twitch uh just talking with a creator and yeah
2: Talking about comics or
0: whatever. Yeah, I, I think if maybe it was uh, specifically I did a show like uh, if I did a talking show about like, I'm trying to think of a uh, one of the shows on the one shot podcast network like backstory that would probably be a show that would work well on on Twitch because at least there's they're talking about game design and 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 whatnot um, but 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 this show that's a little bit more has like a, a general theme like I never expect my numbers to ever be. And A, I don't pay attention to numbers anymore. Like that's something I gave up on. Like I don't care if people listen to the show or not. Like, I mean, I, do, I don't. Um, I got tired of crying about it. <laughs> well, okay. So here's here's my mindset with it is uh, I started podcasting in 07 in with the mindset of like, this is going to be my career. Like this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make money know. off of podcasting. And and I mean, it kind of
2: made sense back then, right? Because it was like radio is changing. Yes. Maybe the radio – Money will flow into the podcasting realm, Yeah. but it's been a very circuitous route since then.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I just don't think that's the right mindset, especially in a 2018 world of podcasting. It's not the right mindset. And, and when I started this show, like that was my thing was like, I'm not going to go into everything is awesome with the mindset of I'm going to make money. Like, let's just do a show for me. Let me do the show that makes me happy. Um, so the, and I have, this show is by far, like, it's not the least popular show I've done, but it's not the most popular show I've done. Uh, I've Uh definitely done better numbers, but is definitely the, the most, uh, creative, uh, fulfillment I've had, I think, um, because it's the show I want to do. And and I still like, I dabble in in producing other shows with, with the network and I'm, I'm in the, Process of developing other shows that could be a lot of fun, um, but at the end, like with all of them, the mindset isn't making money. It's more so like, how can I make this a fun experience for me and the people that are going to be involved with writing and and producing it and whatnot? Like, let's make this just fun for us, and hopefully, people come and watch it. And if like that turns into Patreon dollars, great. If it doesn't, then like whatever. That's a good
2: attitude to have.
0: Yeah, I I, I think I think having an attitude about making money off of, like if you're gonna think that you're going to make all the ad money or all the Patreon dollars. Like it's a, it's a one, a million shot to be that guy. Uh, that makes, makes money. Like I, I truly James D'Amato, do you listen? I know. So you listen to party of one. Do you listen to, um, uh, James D'Amato? I like
2: James. I've listened to a couple of things, but not, uh, not, not, I haven't binged the whole thing.
0: So, so, uh, I've listened to all of one shot and campaign, but, but, more of my point to to James and the one shot podcast network is that like when he was able to to make that his full-time job like i think there's a there's a, you know a section of podcasters that could be really jealous about that um, because that doesn't happen to everybody, but like for, for me, I looked at that and I was just like, that's like, I was, I, I, I sent him an email and I, to congratulate him. And like, I was just so, so happy for him because like, that is a, a once in a lifetime opportunity for him to, yeah. or for anybody to be able to say, I'm a professional, I think he words it comedian because that's what he went to school for. But I look at it, he's a professional podcaster. And is he making all the choices I would do if I had that opportunity? No, like I, I, there's there's choices that I would do much differently than him. But we're also, you know, two different podcasters, two different people. We're we're not in the same genre of podcasts, um, but. I couldn't be happier for the guy. Like that's such a dream come true. And, and knowing who James is and how, how nice he is and how genuinely caring he is about people. Like it couldn't happen to a nicer dude, in my opinion. So like, I don't know, that's the mindset I have is like, be happy for those that happened to. And like, if it happens to you, great. If not, like at least you're making the product that matters most to, to, to me. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. I've definitely asked Jeff, like if he could, would he, do podcasting full-time and I think that was a no right <laughs> oh wow
0: that's interesting
2: why not well okay so here's the deal I love talking to people I love editing I like booking <laughs> but it sucks <laughs> when you don't get the person you like and, and the person that comes makes you feel like it it's a favor or they don't promote the thing after it's a, I don't know like, yeah. I don't need to be complaining but like <laughs> There's little things that hurt my little baby soul. Mm-hmm. And and so I could do without those so making it a job, right? Like all that stuff has to
1: With pressure.
2: All the like angst and bullshit. You just gotta shelve it in I'm doing this for money. Mm-hmm. And I could do that, I would do that. But I I I guess as an artist I can't be thinking about it. I can't imagine what that's gonna look like. Cause there you guarantee like like most comedians, never thought they'd be where they are. You know, they just did the job. Yeah, and it's the same thing with podcasting. And just do what you love, and and maybe somebody will, at the very least, pay you to not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not continuing to pay to make this my hobby. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And-
2: that's what starting a Patreon get the server paid for. Whatever.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of like that's where I'm at now. After like ten years of doing this, is like I'm finally. I feel like I'm finally ready to to say like, all right, I do want to get paid, maybe not get paid where I'm making it my full-time career, but like I've put mm-hmm. the time and energy in and I feel like I'm, I, I'm good enough. And I feel like I produce content that's outside of everything is awesome as well. That's, that's good enough to like, Hey, like throw a dollar a month or $2 a month at me for, for Patreon. And, and honestly, like it's not so I can make money. Like that money is getting put right back into the system. Like it's, it's just to make sure like if if the out of pocket expenses are covered, then that means there's cooler things that can be done. Like you know, mm-hmm. I can maybe I can spend some money to like if I if I need to spend money to book a bigger guest that I that I've been dreaming of, then then great. Mm-hmm. Like I can do that. Or if I want to, mm-hmm. you know, go to a convention that's outside of Philadelphia, great. I can do that because I can afford to travel now. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. TBTLs, for example, they finally got to to be able to have. It'd be their mostly full time job through uh, American Public Media. They get to do shows in other states now. A Mental Illness Happy Hour. Paul Gilmartin. He's in Europe right now because because of his Patreon subscribers. Like the Dollop travels all over the world. Like yeah, like that. That is really exciting. And and that Patreon exists. That you can go to people and be like look, you want the show to be cooler. It's cooler. All of a sudden we got cool art. You can buy merch, yeah. like, you know, all that stuff. That's really awesome.
0: Yeah. And, and But I would be happy just to simply not pay like the, like I, I I think I figured it out to like be like around like $300 a year. So it's not like a huge amount of, of service yeah. of server costs, but still like $300 a year for a podcast that I've been doing for 10 years is, is a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause we, we um, were weekly and then that was just too much on our schedule. And so we dropped it down to once a month and now we're kind of like, maybe we should do every two weeks, Mm. like just to kind of keep the momentum going, like keep that energy going. Cause it was exciting and like a routine that we had gotten into. Um, but then Jeff has all like, so I'm, I, I got into the
2: people. actual play. Yeah, podcasting and so
1: now nice he's, he's got his shattered worlds, RPG game that he does. So, he, so sometimes, I feel, sometimes I just feel like he is that energy that he could be putting into everything is awesome is now getting dispersed into other podcasts, which it's fine because podcasts is his passion, his love. And I get it. But sometimes it like, as the co-host of everything is awesome. It's hard for me not to feel like, oh man, like all oh, that time you're editing for sc- sc- Scattered Pearls. <laughs> like you could be like cleaning up our website or setting up a Patreon or doing oh, Instagram my things or activities. like all these things that if I had the time I would do, you know. And like I really admire that you have like the graphics. I really like that you keep that consistent mm. for your podcast. I like that pivot,
2: by the way. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was not pivoting. you seen the truth and. <laughs> This is not a surprise <laughs> <laughs> to you. <laughs> and but you know, like it's it's that energy is so it's like if you're producing other shows and you know, doing other networks and stuff, so maybe you can relate with Jeff is like if you're if you're not putting all of it here, you're also kind of dispersing it into other podcast pots, yeah. you know? And and so sometimes that kind of takes away from this show, I feel, like, from getting bigger uh-huh. because you're not putting all of it into this mm. one podcast. So I've just kind of resigned myself to the fact, like, this is my little love letter into the universe. And, you know, it's what it, it's like a time capsule.
2: Yeah. Of well, a there, there is something that is And missing. storytelling. And I'm sure Kevin can relate to this. There is something that we lose by not doing it every week. Mm. Which is one we don't we don't always have a conversation this deep every week, yeah. but then also it's the awkward listeners. to have a
1: what you do last week conversation yeah. when it was like a month
2: ago. Yeah, which yeah. we totally skipped over. We still over. do it, <laughs> but yeah, we could do it, but uh, it yeah we don't get that our week kind of freshness with the listener. Yeah, and so I wonder sometimes if maybe people. But then again, I feel totally narcissistic. Are people wondering what our regular <laughs> life is like? <laughs> yeah. like what? <laughs>
1: yeah, we're yeah, we don't have a lot of like uh, listener interaction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have friends who I play I play roller derby. So I have friends who learn about my podcast through my Facebook and then they're like, Oh yeah, I listened to you and Jeff for this episode I thought this was cool. So there's like a handful of people that that I know like listen and subscribe. Um, but we don't necessarily have, you know, like the hundreds of listeners, I mean, like, like hundreds of people to show up for a live taping. I feel.
2: Yeah. Or I mean, even just emails, like, like I literally had a guy walk up to me at work and tell me he heard my
0: podcast, but nobody can send me an email. <laughs> like what's going on? Well, and, and truthfully, we don't, like, th- I don't get that either. Like, it, th- I, like I said earlier, the fact that people show up to my live shows amazes me because I... I'm really bad at a marketing B um, interaction outside of the show itself. And part of that, (laughs) part of that is, is is that like, I'm not real good at the whole, you know, marketing branding thing. So like where I should be probably using the, the show Twitter more. I don't, I, I think I, I go things about the Kevin Smith way where I just, I'm using my at that nerdy Kev handle for everything. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I know that's probably not the right thing, the right way to do things, but I like the way I envision what, what I would like to see myself doing in the, in the next few years is more uh, of uh, branding as myself with me doing everything as awesome and me doing these other projects. So like, I would love to moderate.
1: Mm, That would make sense. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's
0: the weird thing about social media
2: is it's this whole other brain space that you have to occupy. Yes. Put away all the weird political shit that <laughs> goes on and the stove piping and all that. But just like like at times, you're supposed to market yourself as a personal brand. At yeah. times, you're supposed to engage with your listeners through the show, yeah, it's like
1: I kind of got on Jeff about it because he was definitely like just using his personal mm-hmm. one.
2: And now I I just use Shattered Worlds because, like, my personal one got weird. I was like,
1: this needs to be consistent. So, you know, making making him go to the Everything is Awesome podcast page and upload there and then share to the private page. That way. I mean that's that's how that's how the corporate yeah <laughs> and, and that's how like everything gets shared
0: to the the uh, quote, quote unquote corporate twitter like it gets shared to the everything uh, to to my everything is awesome twitter feed and then i'll retweet quote that uh on on my my personal mm-hmm. brand um but that's you know it's i'm just so bad at it like that's i i i and, <laughs> and well and you know what though to be fair like it's constantly yeah. changing yeah. yes and, I
2: am old. I cannot be learning <laughs> shit. You guys are younger than me. I'm done. Well, and
0: I think, and, and to go to to Casey's point, like I would probably be better at it if I if my focus was purely on everything is awesome because it's not. Like I I'm in okay. Jeff's boat where. I am, uh, you know, part of my brain is on Everything is Awesome. Part of my brain is on the That's an Entertainment podcast network, uh, which is mm-hmm. really just kind of editing like two shows that are part of the network. But I'm also developing oh. three new shows that I'm going to have a a hosting kind of mm. uh, role in. Um, so mm-hmm. like my attention is going to be split on those three new shows.
1: You need some interns, Kev.
0: I know it's the it's answers, the thing. Ooh, I, I wish I wish I could be legitimate enough to to do that. Yeah. Uh more and, out in the
2: suburbs, that might be weird yeah. to have well, an intern hey, come to your house.
0: And this know. is like the the scenario where I'm like, man, it would like uh, my best friend in the world, Mike, who helps co-host my live shows. Like, I wish he was way more into podcasting because I, then I would have someone like to help me run things.
2: Dude, oh yes. Fate and the Fable Maidens, Renee is able to get her entire cast doing shit for the show. Yeah. And I'm so jealous. Yeah. And I'm like I'm not being mean to my cast members. I'm just saying some podcasters actually wanna like help out their DM or whatever.
0: Well and, and that was like we tried starting a an actual play where, where my buddy was DMing a game anyway that I was playing. I was like, why not record it? But like no one wants to, to no one wants to take it like Like they want to take it serious enough to play the game, but not serious enough to like record it good. And I'm like, well, Jesus Christ guys. (laughs) And, and, and and same thing with like, like Mike, my best friend is also like, he is my business partner when it comes to our parent company that, that Mm -hmm. kind of have the umbrella over that's entertainment and, and the network and this show and, and stuff. We literally do nothing with it. And, and part of that is like, you know, his focus is on what he's doing with his, he writes books and, and designs card games. So like Mm -hmm. his focus is on that, which has nothing to do with crew number studios. And my focus is on podcasting, which has a lot to do with crew number studios, because that that is the only thing we're doing. We would do Mm -hmm. more things if I think we we both had our focus on it. But it's it's I take on way too many projects is what it comes down to. Uh, So are
1: you still doing podcasting as your job? Oh, no, no, or, no, no, okay. no. Yeah, I know. So what's what's your day job?
0: My, my day job is um, I work uh, – let's see. How can I say this without I, – I try not I'm, – I'm in IT for uh, <laughs> uh, the county. I think I can say that, yeah. Okay. Uh, the, that, that That's the general uh, definition of it. I, I try sure. not to get too much into it because –
2: i, want I also have a government job <laughs>
0: it's pretty sweet yeah yeah oh that's so much better i should have said government not county <laughs> <laughs> But yes it's it's uh, yeah I, I i'm not in the it department i work for a specific division uh, of of the 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 government slash county and uh and i'm their it person okay uh, gotcha. Uh, okay but it, it also like it, it affords me the opportunity to like because i have I, I have so many monitors i literally listen and edit my podcast while working on reports and and doing my day job so like i'm able uh-huh. to have and my editing process uh i hate editing it's my least favorite part that's where jeff and i disagree like i hate uh, i was like editing. you guys are like just matching up right
1: check boxes. Just no this is,
0: this is not a checkbox we share is But but that's because of the live streaming format that I need you guys need to answer about about your live streaming experience, too. But like, for me, that taught me to not edit. Like, I literally will for this episode that, that we've recorded together, I will throw in and make sure everything's in sync. Um, I, I think there was one point where I, I had to edit something out that I heard you guys say that I'll go back and, and I'll edit that out. Um, mm-hmm. and, and other than that, like it's, I'm just going to make sure everything's level and then, and, and put it together. So whereas I'm sure Jeff and other podcasters will no, take actually, their no. two hour show and listen to it.
1: not to
0: interrupt you, but that's exactly what Jeff does. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. I do. Yeah. Loved he, Aisha he Tyler and Girl on he Guy, it so it I just let it roll. No, take that like out. Take this um out. I, just I said only this. do that
2: for Shattered yeah. Worlds and associated actual plays because those shows get really boring. Mm-hmm. Like there are long pauses. There are ums and ahs. There's dice rolling. There's fucking going over mechanics and books and shit. There's dudes talking about stuff that has nothing to do with what we're doing. Like there's a lot of editing that goes on with that kind of show. <laughs> but with a conversation with two or three people that like each other, like yeah. it, it I feel like you you might miss out on
1: his former co-host said that he didn't edit enough. Let's just say that.
2: Oh God, <laughs> but co-host before this one had very particular ideas about podcasting. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and when
0: you're doing a show like these shows, the the natural conversation doesn't, um. It doesn't, it's not perfect. Like you're going to have what right. I just said, you're going to have the us and ums in a natural conversation. Mm-hmm. It's if you were to edit all. And for me, I don't do it as much as I used to. But back in the day, I used to say us and ums all the time. And my, my producer for my original show would have, he cut all that out. Uh, mm. It's it, it starts to sound like NPR, yeah. which is not what we're doing. Exactly. It, it, and it takes away from like the, the thing that, uh, I forget who I I had a guest on that said that listened to my show, like before I even asked them to be on the show. And they're like, the reason your show, I like your show is because it's so personal. It sounds like a real conversation. And that's, you start editing out those us and arms, it, it becomes more robotic and, and, and it's not mm. a natural show anymore. And, and, you know, it's, So, so yeah, Uh, well, at least we are. So I guess we are on the same editing uh, page. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. For me, like the, the only reason I edit so hard on those other shows is like I said, to, to so we can get to the story mm-hmm. and the funny faster.
0: Well, and, it, and, and um, it, I think it makes sense for the actual plays. Uh, it's it's, and, and all some of the stuff when it comes to the mechanics, some don't do it.
2: And I don't listen to those ones.
0: Well, I think, but, uh, <laughs> so that's but, just my personal, but, but you know, there are like, and for me, I guess there's certain games that I do like to listen to the mechanics of it and, and, and some of the setup for it. And, but I think that's content that's better suited for like the Patreon of it all. Like when, And this is my Patreon. I think I want
2: to dump big, raw, unedited files on my Patreon subscribers. (laughs) And
0: and I think, but I think like if, um, I think Patreon is way better suited for an actual play podcast than it is for, for my show, for everything is awesome. Yeah. Because you can have that, all that you, like you have the, the mechanics as a, a bonus episode. You can have a sit down conversation with the designer as a bonus episode. You can do a lot more bonus episodes, I think with an actual play then, I, like, I don't know what's bonus in this episode, like, that we're recording right now. Like, yeah, I, yeah,
1: we've talked about that. I love... Uh, yeah,
0: you know, like, uh, uh, Paul Gilmartin on Mental
2: Illness Happy Hour, he'll, like, he'll give us pictures of him and his dogs, or, like, you know, it's hard, like, when it's a conversational yeah. sort of flow, like, what is extra content? Like, it's all there. I
1: feel like I need to quit my job if I wanted to, like, get into this.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. And, and <laughs> it's... It, and I know, like, it, like if I was able to make money off of this like i mean a i guess the thing that's keeping me from ever doing this full time even if i were to be making thousands of dollars a month on patreon is the fact that the, the the day job provides me with the best insurance that i think i will ever have in my life so oh, health insurance yeah, yeah like i have america <laughs> dude government jobs we wouldn't have anybody in it's government so service without good health insurance time. yeah exactly yeah um
1: I was just thinking I was just going to say you were saying something with Jeff earlier and it brought like a thought to me which was um what if like the federal government or you know just the structures of the powers that be would just um allow creators like artists to make a living just being an artist yeah. you know instead of us having to get a real a capital a adult job in addition to doing our little like cap you know lowercase a hobby like because if, if we're if we're sitting here and we're saying there's so like immigration is a problem we have too many laborers like there's too much competition then like okay well how about share okay. like this share this commodity of work and so artists can be allowed to be artists but still not have to worry about health care or have to worry about like food you know. or their rent being paid because those like costs of living are getting taken care of somehow by some sort of entity that allows them just to be an artist, you know, that would be pretty great.
2: So I think that's the original idea for the national endowment for the arts mm-hmm. and, and same with the national institutes of health or, or the science Foundation but there's just so
1: much bureaucracy around all
2: that of course i mean it's government so you need paperwork for everything and artists would be loath to fill out a bunch of paperwork but the main the there are ways to do it and every society does it a little bit differently mm-hmm. in in uh the depression fdr with the works progress administration they hired a bunch of artists but they would work on things that were like um uh, culturally like appropriate or, 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 or multicultural, like they were supposed to make America better, you know, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it came down to like making propaganda and stuff like that. So there, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's a slippery slope there. Then there's, there's the simplest thing that we could do for everyone, which is universal health healthcare. Yeah. Friggin' a retirement fund. That's worth anything like,
1: like yeah, just some equity so that artists would feel more comfortable of being like i'm gonna i'm gonna quit this shop that i don't much care for but i don't believe in their mission and i i would much rather sit here and like create content for my patreon for example
2: and like, imagine going to the dmv not there. and not having a clerk that wishes they were doing anything but but they're there because of health insurance or whatever
1: yeah because like and there's tons to of us out mortgage.
2: there I happen to still love my job. like
1: Because you get to listen to podcasts and walk. <laughs> yeah, my
2: customers aren't awful. Yeah. like. But if I had to sit behind a desk all day for the government and like interact with people that don't like me, like, no, thank you. But I'd stay there because it affords me the ability to do this other stuff. To survive. Yeah, and, and I think France probably does it better. I mean, basically, if you give artists a tiny amount of a safety net, like, they'll make the shit. You know, whether it's rent control or, like, um, free food. I don't know. I mean, even in
1: Britain, they have that, like, uh, the tiers, the different tiers that uh, government employees are put into.
2: I'm not familiar with this.
1: Oh, it's... They have different classes of employees that are paid by the government, and so, like, it's more um like nationalized they
2: can, can they work fewer hours to do art
1: i don't know if art's involved but definitely like with, for public health and for like um politicians and
2: like i bet 90 percent of the people listening to this either are themselves or know somebody that would work five to ten hours less at their job yeah if they could keep all their benefits and do fun shit yeah
0: oh uh as long as the, the things could still be paid for, I would 100% take that deal. Like if, if, cause that is, and I, one of the, my issues is I found out very late in life that I, I, that the realistic thing that I wanted to do was something like was, was film. Like I, I, mm-hmm. when I was a, a teenager, uh, it was wrestling. Like, so, oh, I'm going to be a wrestler. And I went to the point where I, I went and got trained and, you know, I discussed earlier how I actually did it. And I, I, and I kind of fell off of my training and whatnot when I broke my ankles. And then I also realized like, you know, I'm not, without like all the sacrifice that I was not willing to take, uh, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do, it. I wouldn't be able to, to make it as a, as a wrestler. Um, and, and it wasn't until I was, uh, in, like 25, 26, uh, before I met my uh, my my fiance, um, and and I was in the the process of kind of having a, a, a like a mild mental breakdown in, in my mid twenties. Um,
1: you just made it through the Great
0: Recession. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, I mean, I was unemployed. Uh, but it was I was twenty five, unemployed, and uh, I was like, you know, I think I want to. I think I want to be a filmmaker. Like that's when I realized, like you know, if Kevin Smith can make Clerks, and I was a Kevin Smith fan long before then too. But it was then I was
2: like, dude, first date I ever went on was to see Clerks <laughs> up in
0: Seattle. Uh, wow, okay. you're
1: dating yourself. Yeah, because I, I was <laughs> there was
0: an actual person there. I uh, I was when Clerks.
2: That was a pun. I'm sorry. I just need to stop down. Oh. That was a pun. I got the joke, and then I added a joke to it. So.
0: I was just hoping story. that everyone realized it and it didn't have to be explained. I was I was trying to get you through that, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, go no, ahead. no. When I, I, I the first time I watched Clerks, and this is like my, my uncle uh, I had a really strong bond with. Like he was more of an older brother uh, than anything to me, um, and and he was the one that sat me down at the age of I was I was eleven or twelve because I was ten when it came out, and I was probably eleven or twelve when I sat down and watched Clerks with him uh it, it cuz it was on vhs that we watched i believe and uh so i that's just showing the age gap now like i can see i i i didn't know it was that big when uh you mentioned it earlier
2: well it was an art house theater i think it's closed now the egyptian maybe university district
1: yeah but even filmmaking you kind of have to be in la yeah. you have well, to know and- people you have to be able to
2: that Kevin Smith.
1: Cats.
2: Kevin Smith gave all of us at that time this idea that like we can't do it and he's still yeah. doing it like in every project he's showing people like you say some weird thing on your podcast boom a year later you have yeah. a film called yeah. Tusk or whatever. And like,
0: I still believe yeah. that I don't need to be in LA or New York to to do it. Um but it's now in my 30s it's much harder to gather the people I need to kind of make it happen. Um, and, and to, to find the time and, and the sacrifice the, the, that I have, because it's, you know, now it's not just me, it's, it's me and and, and right. my fiance and the kids and like, when, when am I going to find time? Yeah. And, and it's, it, it kind of always boils down to like, well, I'll, I'll eventually get to it. Uh, and, and I think it's, you know, the unrealistic, um, expectations i put on myself of like saying well it needs the first thing i need to do needs to be a feature-length film versus like let's take a weekend and bang out like a a 30 minute short or something like that and that's my own like i just need to i need to fix my head and and get around what traditional (laughs) media is oh dude dude i
2: i heard the stories about richard rodriguez making uh desperado or whatever on whatever the first one was on like $40,000 in credit cards. Like I heard about clerks. I thought that, that you, you make a movie, you make your mark, boom, you go to LA. Like, so to the point where I was all set to go to LA at 18 or, or 21, I guess when I graduated from college. And it was only through a weird quirk of fate that I didn't go. But uh, and we don't have to get into because Casey rolled her eyes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but seriously, I want to hear more about from you from this moment. You're 10 years old or, or 11, watching it with your uncle, and what is the f- next thing you did on the track to making films like? like did you write a short story did you well, act in someone else's so, film
0: like, so so uh i watched clerks when i was uh, like 11 or 12 years old or whatever uh and then uh fast forward more than a decade later to where um i was like finally like a, a true Kevin because I rolled my eyes at the at the silly black and white film like I was like what, what am I watching like I wasn't a fan of Clerks when I uh, when I was 11 years old I didn't become a fan of Kevin Smith uh, until I was in like my I was in high school like I had by the time I graduated high school I had like um I had watched like all his movies and and that were out at the time and became a fan but still didn't want to really be a filmmaker like at that point I was still like in the mindset of wanting to be a wrestler and I, and I I don't think I knew at the time that that really meant I wanted to be a creative person, which eventually led to, like I said, I think I was about 25 when I realized I want to, I want to make film. Now I did do like the only thing I've written a lot, like even in, even when I was a teenager, um, I guess I kind of did have, maybe I did have the, the, and I didn't know it, the, the want to be a filmmaker. Cause I was writing outlines for for different kinds of scripts that never that I never took any further than the outline stage until you know maybe
2: okay okay. stop the show throw one of those outlines so
0: uh one of them that I'm willing to share because it's never going to happen uh is (laughs) is uh it was um the I'm I'm a fan of the Final Fantasy games from from Squaresoft and there's one in particular on the Super Nintendo uh, called Final Fantasy 3, and it's just a role-playing game with a bunch of medieval fa- magic characters. And um, we, we outlined that, like, that. we, we took that game, which is, uh, at least for my generation, like, considered the, the, the best Final Fantasy before the PlayStation came around, and um, we outlined that as a... Was
2: that the one with the flying ship?
0: a lot of them have a flying ship uh it's the one oh, okay. with uh it's it's mm-hmm. called final fantasy 6 in japan uh that's the
2: one with the flying <laughs> ship
0: yeah
2: that yes it, it, <laughs> it's uh, the one i think but that's
0: the, it's the one with the world of balance and the world of ruin and and, me and my me and my buddy yes. sat down and we like we came up with an outline to like make it like either two movies or a trilogy or something. And, and it's something that like, I think now in 2018, I look at and I'm like, I think it works better as like a Netflix miniseries series uh, than it does as a movie. Cause there's just so much content that game, but yeah, that was one of the outlines. There's one that I stand by that, that, we thought of when we were probably 18 or 19 or, or they, like what my, the person I was dating at the time told me this story that happened. And I was like, that's a movie. Like that's literally, you change, you change something, you throw Bruce Campbell in it and it's a movie. And, <laughs> and, and it's that it's honestly not even like a Bruce type, a Bruce Campbell type of movie. It's just I, the, the one role I was thinking of was like a Bruce Campbell role. And, It's still to this day, like, me and my buddy 10 years – no, I'm 34, so probably 15 years ago uh, said (laughs) that, like, if we actually were to do this, like, we need to get other work under our belt because this could be a movie, like, with the right amount of work put into it could, like, kind of be, like, an award-worthy movie. Um, And and, and it's the one one that, like, I – I always go back to and think about and like kind of now even consider saying, why don't, why not make that the first project? Like why can't something, why can't be, I mean, we've seen people do first projects that are like so incredible. So why couldn't this be like that for us, you know, but I also want to do a comedy first or a horror first like, I I'm all over the place with what I want to do film wise that I have yet to ever really sit down and nail down what I want Mm -hmm. to do. Um, But I know like for me, like if if I'm only going to do one thing, I am leaning towards that project we thought of 15 years ago, because it is, uh, while it's not a personal story to me at all, um, it, we build it up to this thing where like, man, this could be like such like a, like a, a personal story told for somebody and, and, and connect to some people and whatnot. Like, I, I don't know. It's something that's, I'm hoping to do in the, you know, by the time I die. So like, hopefully, in the next, that's you know, eighty really cool. years, if I live that long, but it's so
2: weird when you have an idea. Like, I mean, this this happened a lot back before special effects mm-hmm. were worth a damn, where like you just shelve it because it yeah. could never. Oh, and be that's made. like that. And nowadays, animation yeah. is so much easier than it's ever been. Like, I mean, there's there's a way to make almost anything. You know, I mean, obviously, some things. The bigger the budget, the better the payoff, but. Yeah. But uh, it's a lot easier. And I, than and I
0: <laughs> lean towards like the idea of new media, like pie, like for me, like podcasting is my entryway into new media 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And I, I have yet to just crack the code like in the video world of, of how to like kind of successfully not, I mean, I guess there's an argument that I don't successfully do this, uh, but uh, <laughs> to, 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 in my eyes, do video successfully in like YouTube and whatnot. But that's like, you know, I, I've kind of set myself up with like what I want to do for the remainder of this year when it comes to podcasting and kind of set myself up next year with what I want to do with with podcasting. And hopefully, like, in my mind, that's like by 2020, that sets me up to do things outside of podcasting, hopefully. And, um, yeah, it's like, I've honestly like I've, I, 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 it's funny that I brought the final fantasy project because as something that I'll, that I'll never work on, my friend and I talked about it probably late last year, you know, saying like, why don't we pitch that to Netflix? And I mean, obviously we didn't, but Mm -hmm. I think that's something that would like Netflix (laughs) is like such a viable medium for it's like kind of the in-between of traditional and new media. Um, for creators to go to absolutely
1: yeah there. i mean ever since that uh they had the agreement with fx i think and that's how they went from being mostly movies to now being mostly tv mm. shows was yeah. when that changed and so now yeah like, because
2: Netflix all the movie is, studios were like no nah, you can't have my movie and now oh, it's like all right okay all this. this week we've yeah. got nanette this week we've got a new Amy Adams project. Yeah. I mean, it's like they're just slamming us. But with then good
1: now there's like Hulu also, and even Amazon Prime has their own like mm. studio that's creating stuff. And then you have HBO. So, it's like, the, entertain, just the entertainment industry is definitely expanding at a faster rate than maybe some of us are even like using our imaginations yeah. for. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like having a plan like that is actually pretty good. Because then it just at least like gives you a little benchmark of, okay, like this is when I'm going to throw my energy yeah. into attempting to do this, for example, or just putting it out there.
2: And if I could take this and turn it into one of Jeff's rules for creative success, <laughs> <laughs> the book that will never come out because I have none. But uh, it's always have one idea in your back pocket that is your big budget idea, your mass yeah. moneymaker. Because what if you become a household name overnight? Boom! You got that thing. Yeah. It's right on the show. Final yeah, fantasy movie, two hundred million dollar budget. I, I, Let's do it. I,
0: it's uh, a friend and I were joking on uh, uh, Twitter very briefly earlier today about like, hey, like we have the perfect Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three movie. If you need a new writing directing team, uh, where, it, uh, where where it's it's just Thor and Rocket save the galaxy. Like that's that's what I want to see. I don't. I don't care about any of the guardians anymore. I just want Thor and Rocket Raccoon to be partners. You're
2: basically. So what you're saying is, take the two funniest characters. I in like Marvel. The tree.
0: I like Groot. What? Give them their own movie. Groot can, I mean, Groot can tag along. I guess he has to. He's kind of a package deal <laughs> when, when it comes to uh, Rocket. Yes,
2: that's true. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like it. I like a buddy cop situation. Any kind
0: of road movie, yeah. Well, and I think that's like, uh, and and I don't want to get. I guess we shouldn't get too much into this because this could probably be another hour of me talking about pop culture. But uh, <laughs> yeah, things that I like that I think the, the the studios are starting to do this with their comic book properties, but they I think they need to lean into it more. Is like do things like Winter Soldier, where you're taking. A genre movie like a like a spy thriller, and you're just kind of putting a comic book skin to it.
2: That's what they, yeah, that's what uh, this New Mutants movie is supposed to be like, right? A, a kid horror movie, kind of. Yes,
0: yes. Well, now I also heard on the flip side, um, people have been telling me that the because they the, the movie wasn't supposed to be necessarily horror. The person that cut the trailer cut it to feel like a horror movie. And because of that, because of that reaction, oh. Fox was like, <laughs> well, okay, we got to reshoot this whole thing as a horror movie now. So while I'm hoping that it still turns out Aww. to be a really good movie, there there is that thing in the back of my mind. Yeah, okay, like hope hopefully they, they didn't it. screw up the movie up now because they're, they're going to use parts of the old film with <laughs> with, with, the, with the reshoots to make this horror film that wasn't supposed to be a horror film. But absolutely – That's what like the that's the movie that actually made me see that like some some properties were doing that like I would like that makes so much sense to me like why aren't there more um, horror films and spy thrillers and buddy cop movies that are happening in the comic book genre or even in like Star Wars is probably like the perfect example of what they should be doing with these side stories like Rogue One was yes. a like that was like the first Star Wars movie that, that had a war, war yeah it was the first Star Wars it movie. was a war movie yeah, the yeah. only Star Wars movie that was a war movie was Rogue One <laughs> <laughs> and then
2: yeah Star Wars is like a series of battles and yeah. character moments and that was like a real resistance bloody
0: yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's like those a Star Wars story films are the perfect place to kind of play around with. And I think they even did that with Solo. Like it felt like a kind of like a race car heist movie um, uh, to a degree. So I I think they like.
1: Like sci-fi, Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah kind <laughs> of. It have that vibe to it. It was like a little bit funny, a little yeah. bit fast and loose. Physics are a little questionable. And then
1: a little Game of Thrones in there, yeah. some ruthlessness. Yeah. Can we
2: just say, I just want to say to the entire world, I'm sure I've said this on the show already, but I just want to say Solo was way better than I thought it was going
0: to be. Oh, yeah. 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 I agree. Uh, it, it's it, I I don't think, and I think really – everyone like it got kind of positive reactions from from critics and and the audience alike um it just
2: <laughs> yeah i haven't noticed it i've seen a few people bitching here and there on facebook and i'm like guys it was really good like i don't i don't how did that happen well and here's like how did they not bone it up
0: well here's what i think the problem solo has in my opinion is that it's a movie that that no one asked for and no one really wanted like did we i don't think we needed a han solo movie like i think what makes that character so special is that he's the character we know in star wars uh, the original star wars trilogy like he had an air of mystery about him and that's kind of what I think made him so special.
2: Oh yeah. And they kind of they kind of cheapened that a little bit, but I felt like it it brought enough new that I feel like it it begs for a sequel. Or, oh, absolutely. Or Orlando. Yeah. But honestly, the female character in that movie, mm-hmm. I feel like The
1: female who,
0: robot?
2: The no, his love interest,
0: uh, uh, oh, fucking sure.
2: Amelia Clark. Yeah. I feel like she should have her own movie. I
0: agree. Because and,
2: for whatever reason, it hit me. It worked for me.
0: No, I agree. And I, and I would like to see, uh, and, and you know what, I, Kevin Smith brought this up or I, I don't know if it was Kevin Smith or, uh, Mark Bernardin on Batman on Batman, but, um, a really good point as to why this movie maybe didn't work. It's a beloved character who, uh, the actor that brought him to life is still alive. <clears throat> so I just lost you say that again. Um, Han Solo is a beloved character who the actor that brought him to life is still alive. Hans, like Harrison Ford is still around. So, oh,
2: yeah. So, dude, a- imagine this: what if they had done it? Like one of those movies like The English Patient, where it's a series of flashbacks.
0: And that may have worked. You know, if, if you had Harrison Ford have some sort of role in it. Or maybe, you know, there's a whole lot of story that you could tell between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens that you could probably de- just de-age Harrison Ford a little bit. I mean, Marvel's doing it. Marvel's doing a whole movie with Sam a- Samuel L. Jackson, de 25 years. Uh, what? Uh, can- that shit still
2: looks cheesy. I'm sorry. Like... I don't know. I, don't, I, I think maybe I'm just super picky, but I feel like, like we just watched it and I really loved yeah. it. But like that CGI is, it sticks out. Like it's going to stick out even more 10 years from now. I, I don't know. Like, I, I Did yeah. you
0: guys see Ant-Man and the Wasp? Not yet. I've uh, seen
2: Ant-Man. No. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: Not the new one. The, now Ant-Man, I, I agree. Like, I feel like when they did it in civil war with Robert Downey Jr. And when they did it in Ant-Man with Michael Douglas, um, it still felt a little off the de-aging process, but I, now I walked into Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, literally about two minutes too late. Uh, like I, I, I missed the first couple minutes and that was seeing Michael Douglas de-aged again, but I did see, um, Michelle Pfeiffer de-aged in, in, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp and it looked exactly like Michelle Pfeiffer of, of yesteryear. Like it was crazy really? how good it was. And if that's the level that they can do it at, wait, wait,
2: wait! Here's the t- wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Michelle Pfeiffer, young. The test is: Did you get wood? <laughs> no, was that a grease
1: reference?
2: <laughs> no, it's a boner
0: reference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Michelle Pfeiffer, come on, Catwood. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was. Um, it, it, she was she was playing a mom still, so so it was she was very classy. So I, I think. Oh, okay. uh, All right, you're off the. Yeah, bus. Uh, but but it, it was <laughs> crazy how good it looked, and if that's what they can Weird. make Samuel, if they can make Samuel L. Jackson look convincingly twenty five years younger for two hours uh, in, in Captain Marvel, then like there's a world where Star Wars could have a Han Solo movie take place in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, and I think that probably would have played better than than. We well,
1: I mean, they did have Carrie Fisher, and I feel like they did use some de-aging on her for The Last
2: Jedi. They did. They did. They had some flashbacks.
0: Oh. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I really watch that. I don't, I, I, I've only seen it once, and I don't remember seeing anything with her de-aged.
2: It's on Netflix, yeah. dude. We watched it a second time, and like... Yeah,
1: she I, just looks like she has a few Snapchat pictures.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And plastic surgery and whatnot. But, but like... The the first time I saw it, it was so shocking. There were so many things that were like reversals after re- like it was it was hard to accept. The second time, n- knowing the whole story start to finish, it was like watching the Sixth Sense the second okay. time. Like it was so deep, and it was like I I I was more emotionally moved. Yeah watch it Netflix.
0: yeah and i enjoyed it the first go around like I, I i and i mean going back to probably what i said about two hours ago i'm pretty positive about things so like I, it's hard to disappoint me um but uh <laughs> yeah i like i feel like that, that that that's why solo maybe didn't like i agree with what they said on fat man on batman i think the fact that harrison ford's alive kind of maybe hurt it obviously it being released five to six months after last jedi i think kind of hurt it Um, I, I, whereas Marvel can get away with, I think three movies a year, star Wars kind of needs to stick to one a year and like truly 12 to eight months, 18 months apart.
2: Yeah. I think jumping more than one a year is a mistake for something that
0: huge. And and, like, so Marvel before Iron Man, there was really no kind of blueprint. There was no expectation for Marvel. Um so they're setting the expectation by doing two movies a year by moving it to three movies a year and they're still you know they yeah they're kind of the same but they're also different enough to to work i think three movies a year what makes star wars so special is that we went a very long time without a good star wars movie um yes and yes. and i think that even i think even one every 12 months might be a little too much but I'm okay uh-huh. with one every 12 months because it's still, I think a special enough event. And especially if you're going to do, you know, after episode eight, we're we we're kind of be out of the Skywalker era of, of movie telling and, and exploring yeah. different ends of the galaxy. And I think that's where maybe if they're going to, obviously there's going to be an episode 10, 11 and 12, whatever that's about, who knows, but at least with the ones that have that, a star Wars story tag, if they can find interesting ways to to make those films come to life by doing like give me a horror Star Wars film. You can still do a horror nice. film in a Star Wars skin and it feel like a Star Wars movie. Like you just need space. You really just need space to make it yes. feel like Star Wars. Like I mean honestly
2: it's it's that's what my podcast is essentially. It's just like I made my own game system. It's a little bit tiny bit like Star okay. Wars and Star Trek smushed together. Like it, you know like people want some familiarity. And if it's the big brand giving it to you, you know, it's going to have some level yeah. of quality or you hope yeah. DC. <laughs> <ma>. <laughs> I
0: liked
1: justice league. I saw it just yeah. yeah, so, yesterday. I like so, it. Liked
0: justice it? league uh, was the, I believe the first movie pass movie I went out to go see. Uh, and I also went to go see it with like the lowest of low expectations. Um, and, and, mm. and, I, I, I walked out enjoying the movie. Like, I mean, it wasn't as good as Avengers, yeah. but it was still better than Batman versus Superman, better than Suicide Squad. Uh, <laughs> and it,
1: yeah, I would say it looks better than Suicide yeah,
0: Squad. I mean, the, anything's better than Suicide Squad. I still Suicide.
2: haven't seen the whole movie. But I fell not sleep but... during it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think I've seen the whole
1: Movie. but the I shouldn't diss,
2: I haven't seen it. I just movies.
1: love how Harley Harley Quinn Harley Quinn was um characterized. I just mm. love that. That's what I love about Suicide. I,
0: I couldn't even alive. tell you how she was characterized because then she I didn't got more things. screen time and more like
1: what?
2: What did you like about her characterization?
1: She just seemed more human you know like you Heath Ledger playing the Joker was kind of like our first foray into that and then Jared Jared Leto did an amazing job as Joker in Suicide Squad and so like Harley Quinn being seen as more of more than like a clown like she was I feel like in the older Batman movies she was like this clown like all white makeup like literally like a clown and now she's more human and you kind of get um, why she is the way that she is and her like crazy relationship with the Joker. And so to me, it just made her more real, more believable, more relatable. And that's, that was like all that I really remember I, from that. I movie. don't
0: remember. I don't even remember that from that movie. Cause it, I, I, I...
1: <laughs> yeah, I think she was an orphan or there's something like
0: that. Was she still super
2: evil? Like she is in the comic? Oh, she's that shit crazy.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: I think the cartoon Batman works so well because DC has always, at heart, been more of a cartoony. Yeah, company. now
1: they're moving more towards like. That and and now they're trying you're... to be all
2: hard, and gritty, and real, and I don't buy it because I grew up with yeah. like fun, bright good colors, point. Superman.
0: What yeah. I think I think
2: uh... although Batman: The Dark Knight was pretty good,
0: I don't
1: know. That's really good. That's one of like yeah. the best movies out there. Yeah,
0: I enjoyed that, yeah. I, and I, it, that's probably my favorite. Uh, at least of the nolan verse my favorite my favorite batman movie um i'm, I'm always going to be a michael keaton guy so like i, I batman i grew mm-hmm. up with with yeah. michael keaton yeah. batman
2: man Did you ever dance with the devil yeah. oh
0: the my god batman? i have uh i uh, the very first wizard world i went to or maybe it was my second one um in philadelphia the there was this artist and and the, his name's escaping me right now but he he uh painted a picture of jack nicholson as the joker with that quote at the bottom of it and uh i i saw that and i had to purchase it and and that's uh right now it's it's in storage mm-hmm. but uh it, it was hanging in my old office at my old job uh i have a cubby now so i can't uh put it anywhere in my cubby and it's gonna ha- but it's gonna hang up in my studio when my when oh, my shed is done yep it's, your podcast it's gonna in go in that there yeah. Yeah,
2: maybe you can get a studio in in the city and uh, put up all your cool shit. Yeah. Man, Wizard World. So you you brought up Wizard World Hmm. earlier, too. You just went to a convention?
0: Yeah. uh, So that Wizard World was in May, uh, and I only went the one day uh, that we were booked to perform there, uh, and... Um, I'm hoping to, uh, next year, uh, submit more. I'm hoping that they'll uh, at least accept more, uh, panels that I submit so that we can maybe perform once a day there for the weekend. Cause it was such a cool experience. Like apparently, the-
2: was it a good feeling to go from like being a kid, buying a thing there to like being in
0: it? Yeah, no, it was, it was so cool. Cause like when the first, I never went to conventions as a, as like a, a youngster, youngster, like my first. Wizard World was probably in my early twenties, um, and uh, never like it wasn't until I'd say I started everything as awesome that I said I want to work my way up to being. And this is a bad example because he's a monster, uh, but Chris Hardwick. Like I want to be the Chris Hardwick of Philadelphia. Um, oh, yeah, and, Casey. He
2: and he doesn't know there's some news about old Chris.
0: Oh my god. Uh, he's a monster. Uh, just Google, Google. I I mean, I don't know. I guess there's, I guess there's two sides to every story, but he's, he's a goddamn monster. Oh, and I also have personal reasons why I don't like the guy. Uh, and then this is why I also believe the victim because, uh, she mentioned other things.
1: Wait, who are we talking
2: about? Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick started the Nerdist. He was the host of that show with Jenny McCarthy way back in the day. He had, uh, the after midnight
0: at midnight at midnight uh talking
2: big time nerdy
1: guy nothing probably is dead, sacred yeah. anymore nothing sacred. So,
2: anymore. He was horrible to his ex-girlfriend according to her and maybe other people nothing
1: I don't know. is
2: sacred and
1: yeah, so there well, should be a podcast called nothing is sacred
0: <laughs> <There> probably is. <laughs> <It> probably is. <laughs> well and so so my run-in with hardwick is and why i there's certain things she said in her account that um that that made me 100 believe her because uh he, when when i what he came and did a live show in philadelphia with with the nerdist and this was when i was doing the walking dead zomcast uh and we were doing great mm-hmm. this is when we were doing our crazy numbers with stick cam and i had sent his people an email i was like hey i see chris is uh doing a shy b- show in philly like I would like I do a podcast. I would love to maybe open for him. Like this is something that like Philadelphia is kind of just getting into the scene of with live podcasting, uh, and I would love to open for him. And like here's my background. I do this show called The Walking Dead to Zomcast, Blah 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 blah. And 24 hours later, I got a cease and desist from AMC, uh, and I was like it. It bothered me a lot because like I get it.
2: Because he is so about yes. control, like it has to be about him and his way, and you guys were apparently not threatening it until it crossed
0: in front and of his like, eyes. It made me like it's just I like I he's and that's how he And he's a podcast like he was a like he was a podcaster at the time and that's how I, how I viewed him I was like dude you started out with like a pod. like I, I, obviously he was on single down and whatnot but like you come from the world of podcasting like you know how hard it is to like start a show and like climb up the ranks and like you're lucky enough that you were able to become like this dude like the the king of podcasts, the king of nerds. And, and you're going to like throw me under the bus like that. Like it's such a bad taste in my mouth when it comes to Chris Hardwick. And like a lot of people have called me out about like how I feel about Chris Hardwick, especially now saying like, well, you had a personal issue with him before. I'm like, you're right. I did, but I'm also not a monster. Like you can read what this, you can read what this girl said. And, I, whether you believe her or not, like that's not for us to like, or whether you, you know, think Chris Hardwick is innocent or guilty is, is whatever. Like that's for the the law to figure out. I'm morally going to agree with the victim because there's things she said in here that I can, I can personally relate to. Like he is number one about himself. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he cares about no one else and he will throw anyone that is a threat to him under the bus. And, and she kind of alluded to that in her, in her essay. So like, if she's, if, if I know that's true for a fact, why would anything else she said not be true?
2: And that's the thing that people, uh, the people that are like, uh, give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Like I totally, I'm right there with them. Like it could happen to any of us, but when their behavior in other aspects of their life match and mirror what the person's accusing them of, it's much harder to say, There's no way that person could be like that. I mean, it's why Kevin Spacey was just gone one day, right? Because he's an asshole. Like there are people that are just fucking assholes. And if the truth comes out sooner or later, like enough people are going to be like, yeah, you're probably Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Like we don't have to work with this guy anymore, especially in this day and age where it's like single or straight straight cishet white men like have run everything. Yeah. Like, might as well open up a spot, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. Uh, and, and it's, uh, and it's weird being like, I had like I haven't publicly like tweeted anything about the whole James Gunn thing, really, because I am that guy who like just threw Chris Hardwick under the bus when everything happened with him, and, and I don't know how I really feel. I have I, like I haven't been able to work through the James Gunn stuff yet because like 10 years ago. I just
2: saw it. I don't understand it. Like it feels, it feels like there's a lot more that Disney knows that I don't know, (laughs) you know? And,
0: and and like the short of it is like 10 years ago, he made some, some jokes in poor taste and and you, people can argue that like the kind of jokes he was making are like super crude and like maybe hint at something. And, and I don't know that they do, because, but, and, and I guess there is an argument that like maybe 10 years ago he was in his early forties and maybe he should have been old enough to know that those, those kind of edgy jokes were, were, were wrong. But like 10 years ago, I, I was doing Howard Stern type of comedy. Like I, I was kind of doing the same, not the same stuff that gun was, but I was, I was doing edgier stuff. And 10 years ago, Hey, that stuff was way more acceptable. Which doesn't mean that it's right. It absolutely doesn't make it right it, it, at all. But it, it, I, I've also changed in 10 years. And so has James Gunn. He's changed in 10 years. So so it's...
2: Yeah. It was just a really yeah. quick and, and hammer. And I don't...
0: Like, they pulled the plug Yeah. And, and I don't know that they're wrong for that. Like, I don't know that I necessarily disagree with the fact that James Gunn was fired like they hired him after all this stuff was Man, on you Twitter. guys are dropping
1: scandal after scandal i just don't understand I why i don't know any i just googled chad <laughs> hardwick he's married to our first that's gonna be fun now i gotta look up we got this all kinds, James kinds of stuff, stuff yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness it's a, it's a tough time it's a patreon tough time right subscribers <laughs>
2: uh, once we get our patreon going afterwards it's just gonna be me and kathy Dishing about shit we just learned from our (laughs) guests. (laughs) Like, can you believe? So yeah, so I I guess just to wrap on gun, like, like, if I was Disney, I would have done my due diligence and said, hey man, you said all this stuff. You either have to get it off of the internet and make a statement before we give you the job, or like uh, that was the old James Gunn.
1: It's like he's, the, he's a new guy now. It's like the moral crusades right now.
0: Well, so. and and the reason that there's a lot of people who are like angry that Disney fired Gunn over this um, is because some like super right wing person dug up all of these tweets that that Gunn made or, or literally like ten years ago, uh, if not longer. Because oh. Gunn is so anti-Trump. Okay, that makes sense. So and and, he, and very vocal about mm-hmm. being anti-Trump. Man, I
1: wonder what we're gonna do ten years from now when
0: we. The Trump <laughs> Trump, right, like it's it's nuts that that Gunn got fired for that. Yet we have the president that we have. Um, and and someone made the comparison of like. God damn it! Are we getting into this? Are we getting
2: into oh God, the? I'm that
1: getting excited. Oh
2: man. I've been a Democrat, a liberal, a socialist my entire life. <laughs> Okay. 99% of the things Republicans do from the moment they wake up to the time they go to bed, I cannot do without getting a ration yeah. of shit from Republicans. Like It's a completely double standard. It is fucking garbage all the way up and all the way down. I hate it. It makes no sense. How can they get away with shit that that we can't? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, okay, okay. oh I'm and, dying over here. Not, and
1: save them. I mean, it's not us against the world like let's not let's, <laughs> not, let's not do this. Okay. Uh... I mean, that's what If like- President Obama <laughs>
2: farted in public, it would be a national scandal. Well,
1: I mean, it was a scandal that he didn't.
2: President Trump could shit in guard. the Japanese <laughs> ambassador's suit and they would be like, hey, what's your <laughs> fucking problem." Oh, my god. He could take his dick out and, like, slap the queen in the face with it. <laughs>
1: Which he kind of did. Fuck that guy. Oh my God. Fuck! Uh, okay, well, I don't know if we can get into, like, oh, it's, you know, they, this and that, you know, Republicans this, Democrats that, because we've talked about how, you know, there's just, there's dualities in all of this, and at the same time, everything <laughs> Don't forget.
0: <laughs> my god Woo. uh oh man how did this get started let's see I, wizard I world i think kevin is like
1: sweating over no that was right now. no that was a great little
0: like tangent like normally my tangent, like normally tangents are just like batman related <laughs> okay so wizard world you're gonna do more conventions you're gonna become the new
2: chris hardwick you're gonna get guardians of the galaxy 3 and a Final yeah. Fantasy uh, 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 update, yeah. maybe a Netflix series. Am I? Are we caught up? Yeah,
0: yep, yep. That, that, that's that, that's uh, that catches us all up. <laughs> okay, it's gonna
2: happen. <laughs> okay, good. I'm gonna expect you emceeing Wizard World two years from now. How's that sound?
0: I, that's. That, hey, that's the hope that is that is the, the honest god dream and it's 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 funny i uh the last live show i did at uh this little bar called tattooed moms for the philadelphia podcast festival i i don't like i'm not a comedian at all and uh, like it's very obvious i'm not a comedian because I, I i'm garbage when it comes to comedy <laughs> but uh like one of the I, so my monologues have changed in the three years i've been doing live shows where like they used to be like 20 minute monologues i've now gotten down to like a sizable five minute chunk of me trying to do comedy and the the only joke I had this year that I was really disappointed that a lot of people didn't like really enjoy, because maybe they just don't know who Chris <laughs> Hardwick is, which is it was a good thing, was like I, I compared myself to like to Chris Hardwick saying I was like you know I'm just like every other white nerd I'm kind of like Chris Hardwick and just like him you have just like the good version of him you've never heard of me that was like my opening joke and no one laughed because like no one knows it turns out no one knows who Chris Hardwick is unless you're a nerd (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) oh man it's amazing that somebody could have so much power and yet not be a household name in the way we traditionally think of it. it well
0: it was it was when he was trending on Twitter, when this all happened a couple weeks ago, um I, I, like a lot of the things I saw in the, in the trending was like, uh, I just, who is Chris Hardwick? Like there was a lot of that, which was nuts to me. Cause I was like, he's the biggest <laughs> dick in the world. And now he's a monster. Like, like how do you not know who he is? He is
1: married
2: to a purse, So stay tuned for Jeff yeah. and Casey
0: after hours. Uh All right, guys.
2: All right well uh usually usually before we go we talk we share some of our writing we're not going to do that this week because we're, yeah, we're yeah. pretty much at the end the writing
0: process. but i
2: would like to end with a few All podcast right. recommendations do you guys have any
0: uh well if, if you don't mind me going first uh i will yes. uh, i will recommend no, recommend uh from the one shot podcast network campaign uh the campaign podcast uh, it's a star wars actual play podcast Um, well, and it's, it's going to be turning into something else. It's, it's, it's the long form actual play version of one shot, uh, where they just play a game for like a month campaign for the most right now is about to end their like three year star Wars campaign. Uh, and it is, if you're a star Wars fan, it's really good. Um, I I found it just at the right time. Like Star Wars means a lot to me because of my uncle, I you know that I mentioned earlier, and when he was yeah,
1: you've mentioned your uncle, uncle a couple times, and I would love to hear about him too.
0: Uh, so so or just learn about him. So so he was, uh, I like he was sixteen years older than me, so he he wasn't. We were like really similar in age. He, uh, like I lived, like, we lived at his, uh, or we all lived at his mom's house, my my mother's mom's house. Uh, yeah, my grandmother uh, is probably the right way to say that. <laughs> we, but I like my family lived there for a while, and he obviously lived there too for a while before he moved out and went to college. But we were just always super close. Like we always like like in Maniunk, which is a little section of Philadelphia. There's this thing called Bike Race Sunday in the summer, where where there's a bunch of people r- racing bikes to raise money for something or another. And I would used to hang out there every mm-hmm. year and just like drink with them. And, and we just hang out and like randomly go to people's backyards and we'd go skiing together or snowboarding together. Um, and we just hung out a lot and he was like super important to me. Uh, he was my, he was more like a brother. and in 2016, mm-hmm. um, in January, like in January of 2016, um he found out uh he was diagnosed with cancer um with one not with uh Mm -hmm. non-hodgkin's lymphoma um and and by Mm -hmm. july he was in recession uh and Mm -hmm. um he and it was great like we were all happy like it seemed like like that seven months was like super easy for someone with cancer Uh, And then literally uh, the day before my first ever live show with Everything is Awesome, I found out that it had come back and it had come back big and bad. Um, And it it never like he ended up being allergic to one of the chemos and and, um, he just never fully recovered from 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 that. And he passed in November of uh, 2016. And, um, oh yeah.
1: So that's, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. And, and I mean, like we, I mean, by the time we, we had like a solid, like probably week or two of knowing that he wasn't going to make it. Um, it still sucked obviously. And it's still like, I still kind of, you know, his, He, he passed away November 6th. Uh, Thanksgiving is obviously a couple of weeks after that. And like my, like with that side of my family, my mom's side of the family, uh, especially as a kid, we were always uh, like hanging out on Thanksgiving and Christmas and always playing like phase 10 and Skippo and all these crazy card games. We'd always just play as a family on these holidays. So like, whereas I don't really hang out with family as much because I have my own family now um, on these holidays, Mm -hmm. they still mean a lot to me and, and the memories especially. So like, you know, it's, it's the anniversary of his death and then Thanksgiving and then his birthday's December. Uh, my mom is the 21st of December and I believe my uncle's the 20th or it's the other way around. I I always confuse it, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's birthdays and then Christmas and all that stuff happens. So like the end of the years, it has been, has been tough. Uh, you know, it was tough last year. It was obviously in 2016 when he, when he passed and in 2017, kind of the one year anniversary was tough and whatnot. Um, but he's the guy like, I, I, Before he passed, like I kind of always like with like selfishly kind of credited Kevin Smith to my sense of humor, but I don't get to Kevin Smith without Mm -hmm. my uncle and I don't get to Star Wars without my uncle and like I don't get to Mm -hmm. any of these things without Mm -hmm. without him in my life and and I wouldn't be who I am today uh, without without my uncle and um, and. So, so, so getting back to my recommendation and that kind of sums up who my uncle, like in a very short, like I could go hours, mm-hmm. but in a very short kind of package, like that's who my uncle was to me. Um, and, and, and why like, if, like, and, and I guess, I mean, maybe everyone, their uncle affects them big time when they lose him, but I don't know, like I said, he was more of a brother to me. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry to hear like that you lost somebody that was so influential oh, and yeah. like the development of who you are and like molding, you know, your perspectives that way that he did. So
2: and giving you that, that, yeah, that
1: definitely, um, hopefully show in your work,
2: give you that destiny and like, like hope, man, you called him your uncle a hundred times. What is his name?
0: <laughs> uh, Alvin, uncle Alvin. And I call him my uncle. Cause like in my, th- in my thirties, I still called him uncle Alvin. And a lot of people thought that was weird, but like, to me, it wasn't like, I always called my family by like the proper terminology. Like he was always my uncle Alvin and and my aunts were always my aunt. And, and like, and, and and like, him and I like if you look at a picture of my uncle and you look at a picture of me like we literally are almost twins like it's it's crazy how much we look to like to the point where like I still see some of his friends today like whether in passing or we we get together for whatever or like you know the the saddest part of losing my my uncle is obviously um you know there's a sad part for me but the saddest saddest part is that his son is only a few months older than my son um so like his his son uh is is going to be seven in, in just a couple months and uh i'm trying to get i'm trying to talk without i'm, I'm i feel the breakdown happening but uh uh <laughs> it you know this the, the to me the saddest part is that i got to experience who my uncle was as a person uh but his son doesn't like his son only knew him for uh
1: mm-hmm. you know a handful
0: of years and um that's like the saddest thing that for me
1: well now you get to be the uncle to cousin
0: him. I get to be the cousin to him <laughs> but uh, he calls me you can make can him call me uncle care. Care. Well if you're, Asian, if you're if
1: you're Asian like me it all kind of yeah. passes over
0: cuz my cousin has a, a
1: a son and I call uh, him my okay.
0: nephew even though Well he and know. he does call me uncle for what I, like it's funny he does cuz
1: because cause
0: when my, yeah. my, my uncle would tell tell uh my my cousin he's like your uncle or whatever he is, <laughs> like he, that's probably why he calls <laughs> me uncle because my uncle did refer to me as uncle. For but but it's you know my my dad is also named Kevin and my dad is his actual uncle. You know, like so, it, it's, so it's yeah oh.
2: Oh, confusing double gifts. Yeah, are there are there any uh, properties or like like Star Wars things or things that came out after he passed that like that that you that was bittersweet enjoying or like you felt like he would have liked it or wouldn't have liked it. Like if you had moments like that.
0: Yeah, definitely the star Wars stuff, like force awakens was like my, one of my biggest regrets is, is, is not seeing the force awakens with him because when force awakens came out, it was like right before he was diagnosed. Oh. Um, and, and like the reason st- mm-hmm. like star Wars, the, the earliest memory I have of star Wars is the first time I watched it was with him. And, and the only thing I remember from watching it that first time was when uh, Luke is looking through the binoculars and that Tusken Raider pops up and scares the shit out of him, And, and I remember being like jump scaring at that and and that's like the memory of me watching like that's my introduction to star wars is that moment right there and watching it with my uncle and i thought it was a weird dog in your background <laughs> uh and and i i do greatly regret not seeing the force awakens and not making it a point for us to go and see that together because mm-hmm. uh it would have been like just a cool moment that that in hindsight would have meant so much to me at least. Mm-hmm. Um and and now like when I when I bought tickets to the last Jedi, I, I bought two tickets uh and and just kept one in 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 my car with the picture i have of him uh and and i didn't get the opportunity to do that with solo but like i mean it's you know it's not the same uh the saga films to me are are always going to be like more connected to my uncle than these other ones but at at the end of the day yeah like every star wars movie that, that will ever come out i will always have my uncle like next to me uh in some fashion and you know there's there's certain like you know um like games that and i can't think of a game right now that 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 has come out since that maybe reminds me of my uncle but <clears throat> like he was my introduction to leash suit larry uh, the, the, uh, yeah. Uh, the games and whatnot and um uh and you know and i it's it's hard to kind of on the spot it's hard to think of anything that's come out that made me like the most recent thing that's made me really think of my uncle is uh, we went to Bush Gardens for vacation last week and his profile picture on Facebook is him in, you know, those like old school red uh, f- uh phone booths, like they're glass oh, with red. Oh, yeah. Now he didn't get his picture. His Facebook profile is him in one of those like pounding on the on the glass screaming mm-hmm. and he didn't get his done in, in Busch Gardens. He was down at the shore or something. But like we walked into Bush Gardens and my fiance was like, isn't that like what your your uncle took his profile picture in? I was like, I, I mean, it's definitely the same, same type of booth. I don't know if it was this one. So I went and got my picture taken in, in that pose because it, you know, I, I look like my uncle and, and it just was like kind of a neat thing to kind of experience and, and, and do. And that's like the most recent thing to, to really happen that like was an unexpected moment for me to walk into Bush gardens, not really having my uncle, my uncle on my mind and then, and then having him like suddenly be there with me. It was, um, it was really cool. Uh, it's really cool, man. Yeah, you know what? I, we just got our
2: show title. <laughs>
0: um, well, good go on my mind. <laughs> my, my mind. <laughs> there you um, and and um, uh, go, but going back to like why camp like campaign ended up being such an important podcast to me because it's this little dopey podcast of improvisers uh, doing a Star Wars actual play um, and. It literally was the thing I listened to, to like remind my, like to just forget about the shitty thing that was happening to my uncle. And, and eventually I was still binging it when he passed away. So like, it was my escape from like thinking about him passing away. And so campaign, while it was this, it is this very funny podcast that does have its emotional moments as well. Um, campaign is if you're a star wars fan and star wars has any meaning to you in any in in any way even if it's a fraction of what it means to me and i'm not the biggest star wars nerd like i don't know anything I can't about believe the... i'm just finding
2: out about it now like i do one of these things like what the hell's going on <laughs> well and this and, is, and this and has have... to be the most emotional like an uplifting recommendation for a podcast I, I it, on the show and <laughs> and it is
0: it's literally a podcast that like and I'm like Kevin Smith I can cry at at the drop of a, a hat but mm-hmm. um but but that show for for no reason really except for the fact that uh, the connection I have to Star Wars through my uncle has made me laugh and cry and and it is it, like I said I I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan like I love Star Wars movies I've never really read anything outside of the star Wars movies. Like I, am not in the expanded universe. I don't know every single detail about the star Wars movies. I just like them as entertainment a- and I'm getting more into like the star Wars mythos, um, as time has gone on, like in the last couple years here, uh, because I want to be a bigger fan because I don't know that it meant that much to my uncle beyond the movies, but because of that connection I have with my uncle, I want star Wars to mean something more than it, than it, it ever has in my life so any anything that star wars content i want to take in because it's just that connection and campaign is absolutely one of those things that uh they are probably within the next couple weeks or months uh wrapping up their star wars uh story and and, um now is like the perfect time to like hop in and binge listen to campaign because it is it's it it is for me like it's just one of the most magical podcasts out there that i like i'm sad that i'm caught up because i can't when i'm feeling sad i can't just go and listen to it i mean i can if i want to listen to an old episode but you know i i can't experience it fresh for the first time again um and and yeah listen to it that campaign is definitely what i would recommend it's a solid recommendation (laughs) casey what you got
1: what was that one episode we listened to in the car? I'm not much of a pe- podcast person.
2: <laughs> she has one of these jobs where you actually have to, like, think real hard
1: while uh, you do yeah. it.
0: Yeah. I'm a mailman. I Yeah, it around. takes
1: so much of, like, of my creative space, too. So, like, if I'm listening to a podcast, I'm going to, like, be all inspired and have all these ideas, but they're going to have, like, nothing to do with what I'm actually doing. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but no, for it. me, it's, diffic- it's difficult to switch my brain like that. So, and then I pick up phones too, like if there's any phone calls. So those are the worst interrupters for podcasts
2: because (laughs) I'll just pause the
1: podcast and then forget that I even had it playing. And so I just don't play it.
2: I I turn off a podcast immediately. Anytime anything distracts me because I don't want to miss a second, but Mm -hmm. I'm weird like that. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. So we were listening to one together in the car. I think it was
1: wait, wait, don't tell me.
2: Oh yeah. It was wait, wait, don't tell me. Yes. Yeah. I, I, since I got heavy into podcasts, I don't listen to NPR as much, but that is a funny show.
0: So so what's that it was about? One, it, was,
2: uh, it was the Not My Job compilation, mm-hmm. so it had like famous people on and, and doing funny things. Cool. Do you remember who was on that one?
1: I don't. It was an interesting episode. It though. was the
2: most recent. Whatever. It was good. Let's <laughs> do it. Luke Burbank from TB is on there sometimes. I've mentioned that show five times now in this yeah. episode. <laughs> Too beautiful to live. Listen to it. It's good. It's just two best friends talking about their lives and
0: shit. Oh man. That's um, right up my alley. Yeah. They were yeah. like
1: whining about, what were they whining about? Uh, uh Like Pass patches or like scheduling an adjustment for their chiropractors. Uh-huh, I mean, I'm uh-huh. constantly telling Jeff to go get adjusted. And he's just like, Oh, ah, I'll get to it. Yeah, so, like, Luke and Andrew were talking about it, and I was like, see? Like, this is what people do. <laughs> Your other
2: friends do that thing. <laughs> yes. If I'm going to recommend one, I, I have a long list, but I noticed that uh, one I enjoy was at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival with you. It's Rachel's show, We're All Mad Here. Oh. Right. It's very good. It's kind of history of mental illness, like how things... Developed sometimes more contemporary story. Oh, oh. it's a one-person show where so she it's just her telling stories. It's good.
1: Uh, I definitely would have to also plug the historical hotties podcast.
2: Oh shit, yeah, yeah.
1: Since the last time we've been on, we haven't talked about it, but we just had a cross promo episode with them oh. drop on July fourth, and it was about revolutionaries. Yep, so I did Harriet check that Tubman. Out. Mm-hmm.
2: You did. I
1: did Hugh P. Newton.
2: Huey P. Newton Black Panther party. it was awesome. They're, they're two funny sisters that that uh, invite people on to to like talk about a hot person from history and then mm-hmm. like they have like the rate rating them.
1: system yeah it was really fun. They
2: just had their one year anniversary where they like recapped uh, some of the ones that didn't win but that were like also awesome. Uh, Freddie Mercury I think got on there. Jack Kirby, uh, the cartoonist comics genius guy um Mary Shelley some others anyway uh but we were on there most importantly so <laughs> yeah. you guys should listen to that and uh honestly Kev if you want I will connect you with Whitney and Lindsay because I think you'd be great for that show as and
1: well. they're just they're amazing they're I mean the, the way they produce the podcast is clean it's really awesome and they did an amazing job editing. I think it was. When they made seen, me sound smart. They made me sound like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> I mean, we, were sitting, we, we, were, we recorded this months ago and I'm sitting on there like biting my nails like, oh, I think I sound stupid. Like, I I remember my voice shaking and they didn't. I sounded so smart. I'm very proud. And, and honestly, they did amazing guys, amazing when, Casey, work.
2: when Casey's voice shakes, it's because it's really important. <laughs> And, it, and it's
0: moving. It's
1: true. it's true. I, too, can cry. <laughs> too. <laughs> Just the drop of a hat. <laughs> I cried.
0: Uh, I cried during the Muppet movie, so I, I it doesn't get. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep,
1: yep. It, I can relate. It, yep.
0: There's. A... I only cry at movies and television and podcasts. <laughs> I, <laughs> what else is there beyond that? Uh, Life, <laughs> shit. I guess. Uh, now it's funny. It, it's my uh, my fiance at the time was pregnant with with my son, and we went to go see the the Muppet movie, and. Uh, it's, during at the end kermit has that speech about i don't even i thought friendship maybe i i forget what the speech is about but I, I sit there and i start tearing up and like tears are running down my face and she looks at me she's like aren't i the pregnant one why are you crying during the?" <laughs> I'm like it's just so emotional <laughs>
2: that's great well Those are our podcast recommendations. That's usually, this is where we end our show. Do you have anything you want to do before we end?
0: Uh, no, you know, I I do my post at outro, like, so I don't, I, I, it's just like usually an awkward ending of like, Hey, thanks for doing the show guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And we all, um, we all go around and have like a sign off and I usually read something. So let me go grab the book. Oh yeah, I'll
2: grab it for you. Oh, you're all comfortable.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, um we wrap up the show with a quote from my book of wisdom and usually it like relates to the show for whatever reason but it's kind of my zen approach to things of everything is awesome
0: i see i i like that you guys have a structure to your show and i and i don't i don't know if because this is such a combination of the two shows if that was painted out and i apologize for ruining it because i know i just talked the whole time
1: oh it's okay we don't have our crap together so it's not like we could have given you like a summary show sheet or like an outline or anything i
0: I envy shows that are structured like i wish that like i i got maybe I, i don't know if cared enough was the the way to put it but like I just, I don't know. I just, there's no structure to this. And, and, and it's, um, but I don't know. Then I want to get to talk about Batman all the time. So I guess that's yes yeah. Yep, yep. That is your
1: Dude. structure. Ooh, your structure ooh. is the Batman.
2: If I'm to talk about a show that, that combines how you like to do your show, but also like you like shows that are two friends talking, yeah. Will Anderson and Charlie Clausen, they're Australians. They do a show called Toe Fop. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into what mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. means. It's just, they'll explain mm-hmm. it. Listen to that show. It is so funny. They've been doing it since 2009 or 10 or something. Anyway, it's real good. So,
1: yeah. So we're skipping the writing process, but maybe we could do something post or something. Sure. I
2: mean, this episode's only three hours, so (laughs) I think we can add more at the end, guys. Stay tuned. So
1: it'll be A, B, and C. (laughs) Uh, So the quote we have here is, sensibility is the capacity to feel. Recognize and distinguish the most tiny and subtle changes by Swami Prananpad.
2: Can you read that one again? That was real fast.
1: I know, right? Sensibility is the capacity to feel, recognize, and distinguish the most tiny and subtle changes. Sensibility.
2: Sensibility.
0: Sensibility <laughs>
2: I'm going to wake up at like four in the morning and be like, I get it now. (laughs) Sensibility.
1: The capacity to feel recognize, and distinguish the most tiny and subtle changes, which is probably like our whole conversation that we've had for the past three hours or so.
0: Well done, you guys. This Kevin, thank good. you
1: for coming on. No, thank yes,
0: it. thank you for having the 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 uh, the awesome ception, as I as I titled our Zencaster. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 been a long time coming. I, I I forget what triggered it a couple months ago, but I was like, we finally need to do this. Like I, maybe it was our one hundredth episode. I don't know, but
2: I think it was somebody congratulating me for your hundredth episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: forget what it. it
1: was. We talk we talk and we actually talk about your podcast a couple times in our other episodes. I don't know which ones. We reference this and we talk it's about it. It's usually when a
2: guest is like, I tried to find you and then I found this something, It like was <laughs> you
1: Yeah, I think we did talk about it a couple times a couple times with different guests, but uh we I'm shy. So like I don't like putting myself out there mm-hmm. and like having the possibility of somebody rejecting me even though they're a complete like oh, stranger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like what hardwick did to you i probably would have been traumatized. like i don't like it i don't like feeling rejected oh, yeah. so i was never going to do it but jeff is just fearless when it comes to just asking people and being able to reach out to them and getting them to agree and do things so we owe it to jeff to to do Thanks. this yeah because he didn't want to he was like f him we-. <laughs> <laughs> don't
0: put words in my mouth <laughs> the truth comes out <laughs>
1: he had that like old you know like the old sensibility of, <laughs> of being like oh it's a comp- it's competition and i was like no. it was more
2: like he is in a big city he's got lots of listeners like, <laughs> no. oh god I'm not even and yeah, you were on the Jeff, Jeff
1: likes to say everything is small time, and so he was thinking we're small time. I'm like, no, this could has the potential to be great. And so we had a guest on, and they're they kind of like aired with me, which was like, yeah, yeah. And so he did it, and here we are. And I'm super glad and happy and grateful.
0: Yeah, no, I and this is probably for my show one of the longest episodes that I've record. I think I've recorded one other three hour episode, uh, in in the last two and a half three years.
1: Oh, goodness. Yeah, no, like one of the first things I noticed about Jeff's podcast or this podcast was how long the episodes were. So I was like, okay, so maybe we should have a structure of like 90 minutes, you know, like (laughs) more than an hour, but less than two. I'm
2: always kicking the door open, always pushing my foot. Yeah,
1: but we have such great conversations with our guests. And, you know, you can't put structure to that.
2: And when we started, I talked about how, as when we were talking about not doing it every week, that is the one thing that, that not doing it every week, you miss the the space that it creates Mm -hmm. in your life to just be to mm-hmm. just be with people mm-hmm. it's, it's
0: pretty great yeah thank yeah. you I, so much man yeah no i i love I, I feel the same way like i love uh like sometimes i overbook like i'll have like three interviews in a week and i'm like oh my god what I, I, oh, like for the philadelphia <laughs> podcast festival oh. i i booked probably 12 interviews in a matter of like a week and a half just so i could like talk to all these philly oh, podcasters gosh. and like i didn't like i don't know how i did it <laughs> it was uh like I'm on Weight Watchers so like I think that's like I have more <laughs> you
1: were
0: <delirious>. yeah like <laughs> I, I, I just well I, I like I used to stay up all night doing pot like editing and, and reading and, and watching shit and like I would literally pull all-nighters all the time as little as like five years ago and then I gained wow. so much weight that I was like tired by 8 p.m. so like yeah. I, a month before the Philadelphia Podcast Festival I like I destroyed Weight Watchers and I, I I finally dropped enough weight to where like I can be delirious and still function. <laughs> uh <laughs> nice. so it's it's yeah it's i i for me it's about uh, almost 1 30 in the morning so i will be oh, uh, yeah, thank, you. Oh. thank uh, you so much uh, this
2: episode is brought to you by weight
0: watchers <laughs> I, 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 yeah, i'll take that weight watchers money if they uh, <laughs> they're already getting <laughs> all the guys money.
2: stay tuned for stay tuned for our after show we'll be doing an actual play podcast with kevin <laughs> and then also talking more about that other thing that we said we were going to talk about all right. all right yeah well,
1: well uh definitely read some comics we like to also throw out little taglines out there oh yeah awesome things. things to do
2: love each other water Get each your other knees. right yep water anything <laughs> you need watering i'm gonna go water my cat
0: all right. Thank you to Jeff and Casey for being on the show. Uh, I, I, we, I think we sat down and talked for over two and a half hours, despite whatever length of podcast you got in these last two weeks. Uh, they were very generous with their time. There was some miscommunication on uh, my end uh, and, and slight delays on my end. Uh, but we made it happen. The crossover happened. The Everything is Awesome from, from Earth A, Earth 1, whatever you want to call it, and the Everything is Awesome from Earth 2, Earth B, whatever you want to call it. We've finally crossed the multiverse to make this episode happen. I hope to collaborate with both Jeff and KC, the Everything is Awesome uh, podcast from Tacoma. I would love to to do more collaborations with them in some fashion. Uh, hell, I wonder, what would it be like to have two Everything is Awesomes on the That's Entertainment Podcast Network, huh? huh? That would be weird, right? Huh? Jeff? KC Chaos, I'm throwing it out there to you. Make it happen. Uh, uh, Thank you again for them uh, and all their time uh, for being on the show. Uh, It was a blast. I enjoyed it. If you're looking for other podcasts to listen to, I'd love to recommend Bullies Keep Out. Bullies Keep Out, the podcast, is from the founder of Bullies Keep Out, Dana. She sits down and chats with people about bullying. She talks uh, about specific Subject matters when it comes to bullying and coping mechanisms and stuff like that. Her own personal experiences are brought in. And every now and then, I come in as the clown who talks about his perspective of bullying. Uh, We're all, we all have been in that position. And I think we've all been in both positions of either being the bullier or being bullied. Everyone, to a degree, has experienced both sides of that fence. And we use, you know, our hindsight to kind of help us grow from that. Uh, and in, in Dana and myself, whenever I am a guest or a guest co-host on that show, we bring our perspectives to help people deal with being bullied, perhaps even deal with why people are bullies. Check that out on that com slash network. I want to remind everyone that on October 1st, we are launching a brand new podcast after party of one. It's a talk show about the party of one podcast where we sit down each and every month with a small round table of guests to discuss the previous month's episodes of Party of One podcast. Uh, I believe we know we're going to have the creator of Party of One, Jeff Stormer, on as one of our first guests on the roundtable, and I'm working on our second guest now. And we're going to sit down and we're going to we're going to kick this show off right, talking to the host of the show uh, and get his insights um, on the episodes that he drops in September of 2018 here, and talk about. Uh, how he went about crafting those stories, why he chose those games, why his guests chose those games, if he knew, uh, and just kind of get a feeling for how he puts together a show and, and gets some just inside GM knowledge of, of what it takes to put on an episode of Party of One podcast. And again, we'll have another guest on there to help us navigate those waters. We like to end Everything is Awesome with a call to action. Super friends, there are a lot of terrible things happening right now. And it can feel like you can't do anything to help, but you can. It takes people like us to make a difference. And one of the easiest and most important ways to take action is to call your representatives about issues that are important to you. Issues like the Violence Against Women Reauthorization Act of 2018. The Violence Against Women Act landmarked legislation first passed with bipartisan support in 1994 and is set to expire on September 30th and lost lawmakers passed a reauthorization bill. The act established the Department of Justice's Office on Violence Against Women and provides funding for the investigation and prosecution of domestic and other interpersonal violence, stalking, and sexual assault. In July, Representative Sheila Jackson-Leaf out of Texas introduced a reauthorization bill that would not only reauthorize funding, for the Violence Against Women Act, existing programs, but also establish new policies to help abuse victims remain in stable housing, expand red flag laws to black people convicted of dating abuse or stalking accessing guns, and broaden protections against abuse for Native American women. The House is on recess until September 4th, and will only have 11 legislative days. Will only have 11 legislative days to pass the critical legislation upon their return. While the VAWA reauthorization has historically enjoyed bipartisan support, not a single Republican has co-sponsored the current reauthorization bill. Urge your representatives to stand up for women and reauthorize today. It's never been more important than the Me Too movement to support something like this. Obviously the Me Too movement is a broader thing than just uh, women, but historically women have been victims and have never had the support when they need it the most. We need to make sure our representatives know that we want to pass the Violence Against Women Reauthorization Act of 2018 by September 30th. When I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There, you'll find issue summaries of issues that are important to you, contact and feel for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure your message gets across. Calling is quick, easy, and is one of the most important ways to have your voice heard. It can make a tremendous difference. Let your voice be heard. Thank you. To our supporters on patreon.comslash thatentertains. If you want to support us in a non monetary way, word of mouth recommendations and five star rating reviews on iTunes are the best way to spread the good word of awesome. You can find us on at real on facebook.com and Twitter. You can also find us on Instagram at awesome podcast, and we're available on awesomepodcast.com and of course thatentertainscom network. You can get more news about this show at awesomepodcast.com and thatentertains.com. But also on my personal Twitter, at that cab is where I do a lot of things. If you're interested in ad rates, live appearances, help with your podcast, or have it a question or comment, email us at awesome at crudehumorstudios.com. Everything is Awesome is a production of That Entertains Podcast Network in association with Crude Humor Studios. Crude Humor Studios is a Philadelphia-based production company specializing in audio. You can find more information at crudehumorstudios.com. Thanks for listening, super friends. We've been awesome.
1: That's
2: Entertainment Podcast Network. Entertainment and culture, artist-owned,
1: fan-supported.